Hello. We are ready to start with you guys. Wherever you are, we hope you have the sacraments ready for communion. And Chris and I are going to do a little combo of this today. I love it when he shares the Hebrew part. And feel free to add anything else in that you want, Chris, now or after that, of course. Um, but it's Chris and Johnny and Grace yeah. and myself. And we just love um, connecting with the Lord with all of you together. And I love how communion reminds us of what's already happening in heaven. And, you know, frequently with communion, I, I don't mean to, but I, I, when I envision Jesus, I remember him as suffering Jesus, you know, because he, he, he celebrated um, the Passover with his disciples, of course, the night before everything began for him towards his crucifixion and resurrection. But he's not there anymore. He's not the suffering Jesus. He did it. It's over. It's accomplished. And so I just thought that as we do communion this this day, that we would um, intentionally think of him as where he is now. And yesterday we kind of spoke into the understanding that he is Emmanuel. He's God with us. And so I envision him just literally all over the globe in his sons and daughters, just taking up residency in us. We're each Jesus with skin on. And I also envision him in heaven um, with the Father, just in perfect friendship, relationship with him, experiencing already what each one of us has ahead of us um, with just perfect clarity and understanding of the Father's heart towards him and towards us and just these amazing, intimate, intimate, intimate friendships with every single son and daughter of his that's already in that realm with him. And I think of um, him being just total peace at complete rest in that place of victory and like it's just done, it's finished. And I envision him with just so much anticipation and excitement. I also envision him just um, I envision heaven itself as just busy, like so much happening, so much being tended to, so many hearts um, continuing to grow in their knowledge and understanding of the Father and his, his heart, his love, just exploring the depths of who and what he is. And I envision just legions and legions of angelic hosts um, just taking assignments over and over and over again, just bridging that gap between heaven and earth and heaven and earth. And they are just taking delight in, in executing the expressions of the Father's care for all of us here and, and taking so seriously their, each of their assignments to, to bring us into 
um, that last breath where we're just instantly transitioned into where he is in his fullness. And I, I just love how communion, it, it bridges that the two realms of the natural realm and the heavenly realm. And it reminds us of this feast that we're going to have together in the presence of our father and this this romance that's going to be celebrated at the end of time that is a romance that's for forever a wedding is the beginning of something and and so when we take communion we're remembering that feast that we're going to literally have together before our father and and where intimacy with Jesus is just fully known fully experienced and I also just sense how he's cheering for us. He's literally interceding for us. And, you know, our intercession, because it comes from a place of imperfect love, meaning there's room for fear, even the best intercession that we have to offer is is like, you know, kind of like begging. <laughs> it's like we're having to talk God into being as awesome and good as he is. And so I don't think Jesus's intercession at the right hand of our father is is a panicked intercession it's not a desperation it's a it's a reminding it's a declaring it's it's a repeating back to the father who he is and the nature and the character of god on each of our behalf it's like a declaration of him being for each one of us who he already is and so wow Wow, that we have that advocate constantly, um, you know, constantly happening on our behalf. The things that we don't even know that we need from the character and nature of God. Jesus is is monitoring and, and speaking out on our behalf to the Father. So with all that being said, let's take communion and let's... let's Let's take communion with that Jesus. Um, if you have bread or crackers, go ahead and grab that. His body that was broken for us. Jesus, yes. we are so grateful for where that positioned you and where that positioned us. Yes. So go ahead, Chris. Okay. So blessed are you, O Lord our God, King of the universe, who brings forth bread from the earth. Thank you, Jesus. You can get your wine or juice, the fruit of the vine. <clears throat> All right. Blessed are you, O Lord our God, King of the universe, who brings forth fruit from the vine. Amen. 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 Thank you, Lord. Well, you know, we're in still in this incredible, unchartered time and season. And it seems like we're going to a very key two-week stretch. Like April 1st today. Chris, what day is the actual Passover in Israel? 
Would it, do you remember? Uh, I think it starts on the eighth. Is it that soon? I don't know why I was here. Fourteen or fifteen. Um, or, or is that why? How it's? If someone knows, you can put it in the chat right now. Or the twelfth. I think it's the twelfth. And you know, and I believe there's a you know prophetic word I released even last year that we were coming to that what was about to take place was a before and after and it would be an Exodus 14 moment and it would be our Exodus from a bondage that had held us for hundreds of years just like the children of Israel they had been you know if you read out of Exodus it tells you that they had been in Egypt for 430 years and it's a multi-generational setting free that's taken place and I believe we are right in the very crux of it all. That's why there's so much um, confusion, upheaval, even, you know, ministers of God. Bless um, you. Bless you, Chris. <clears throat> we have a little extra pollen here. So, sometimes like, so Be Begins sundown on the 8th. Someone yes. just chatted that. Sundown, sundown on, on the 8th. 8th. Wow, that's great. I love it. It goes to the 16th. Uh, oh, it, it goes to the 16th. 8th to the yeah. 16th. Okay. And... It is, I, I, you know, in the word I gave, that this will be as historical a date for us in society as that was for the children of Israel. And, you know, they're known as kind of before and afterward. That's Passover. There's a reason it's still, um, you know, the biggest deal ever in, in Israel at this time. It's remembering a great setting free, orchestrated by God. And we're in that right now. And there are so many ingredients that are not being uh, processed right. And there's a you know, just what's what's going on even out of uh, churches and denominations. And, you know, as my friend, uh, pastor from Columbia, like there's a whole denomination preparing for the rapture. They know what's happening now. And um, I'll go on the record real clear. It's not now. And, and, uh, <laughs> and so... I second that motion. Second that motion. And you're like, how do you know? Well, we already know that if we were able to figure it out from things that were happening on our, our, our end, he would not say that no one, including the son, would know the day that he comes. And so if Jesus himself, it doesn't know until the order comes from Father, then anybody else who figures, and especially to think that something called the coronavirus or COVID-19, that that would be the accelerant into the rapture is, uh, is most ridiculous um, for me. And, you know, I believe that something, there's a kingdom assignment to be accomplished. And that's what's next and what's taking place right now is, is really the great transition into being set free from multi-generational bondages. And these multi-generational bondages, you call it, there's all kinds of names um, uh, for it. And uh, things uh, to do, I won't even mention the names. You all know all the organizations and groups and the ones the shadow groups that uh, that that exist, there is, uh, you know, the the church's doctrine, the specific church doctrine that is just as dashly. I'll go ahead and say it. You talk about open societies, Soros, everything else um, that you might want to call it dark agenda. Like that's the problem we have. It's part of the problem, but what precipitated that and then further allowed the, that to go multi-generationally deep is one one church doctrine one you know we have over 40,000 denominations but literally I don't know if there's 
you know, it's probably 99% of those denominations, if not all of them, affected by this thing I've brought up over and over will call the virus of end times But that, you know, the rapture is next. Some end time scenario is next where we just wait. Um, we stay passive. We wait for something to happen. We're either waiting for one world government, the Antichrist, the beast, the false prophet, but for, in most cases, hope for Jesus return to rapture us because the great tribulation is coming. And for those of you who think that that's new or from our generation and that somehow know the signs or the times are, uh, are unique. They, it, I have studied literally every generation since Paul and every single generation since the Apostle Paul has had uh, good reason to believe the signs of the times of their day led to that in some way. And there's been the last couple hundred years where it's accelerated at a whole nother level this speculation on... Uh, on Jesus' return in some kind of way. And what we don't understand, it's not just being wrong theologically, doctrinally, or eschatology. It has literally cut off our legs and taken away our weapons. We have become a church that has not been salt and light. We have, been, we have done the opposite of what he told us to do in his very first message when he says, you are the salt of the earth, you are the light of the world. You're the salt. The salt doesn't do what it's supposed to. Society will rot and it'll trample you. This, you disempower a salt and life light, light message when you continue to frame everything, particularly every new fresh challenge that comes by, such as this. Every fresh challenge means, or every sign in the sky means Jesus is coming. And it, it doesn't have us occupying on the tops of the mountains, the mountains themselves. And so then we find the people of influence that go up there in, in the vacuum of the church or of good people or people motivated by the fruit of the Holy Spirit and love. Um, in the absence of that, it's criminals that go up there. It's organized darkness. And the only thing that can withstand organized darkness is light. So the very people empowered by Jesus and the Holy Spirit to knock out the darkness, no one else, other dark, you know, people that are sort of just well-motivated, but not really inspired, uh, empowered by Jesus or the Holy Spirit, have no shot, have no capacity to push aside darkness. They just become further victimized up there. And so this has been, uh, this thing that's perpetuated, uh, that's been going on, and that will be fully disclosed to society, it'll be part of the Great Awakening, and we're in the very, very, very crux of the days. And I believe we're leading into this Passover, this historical Passover. We don't want to, the easiest thing is going to be to point the finger at these external evil people. But this is the part that's been on, on me strongly, is our part in allowing one disempowering doctrine or eschatological perspective that has gone on generation after generation after generation to disempower us so much, to keep us out of fulfilling exactly what we're called to do. And it's been so, I believe, so strategic, so organized from the gates of hell, and so effective. It is literally the cabal, the deep state of the church that has disempowered. That's about to be fully um, uh, made visible, to be exposed, and will allow us to uh, go into a new day 
out of this great awakening. So we want to um, just want to be aware of it. You know, I was just uh, right before this time here, I was on a uh, about an hour uh, video Zoom call with um, uh, government people, D.C., Colombia, Peru, uh, Guatemala, and a presidential candidate um, from another nation. I won't say it uh, um, just uh, for uh, no need to get that out there right now. But um, and, and there is a preparation. Uh, they, they understand it's great to hear from these and other nations recognizing uh, the signs of time, what God is doing, and how the people of God have to take advantage of this time, and what God is doing, what he's about to do. And we have to accept this a very um, unsafe, um, not, you know, this, this is not easy peasy stuff, this idea. It takes courage. That's why the whole thing with Joshua be courageous, only be courageous, be courageous. The Joshua 1 phenomenon of going, moving forward and seeing cities and nations um, uh, begin to be impacted and influenced by the kingdom of God. It takes courage. We prefer just to be in our, our, in our um, homes or in our churches and shut down and wait for Jesus uh, to do it all. And he's going to do it all, but he's going to do it through us, Christ in us, the hope of glory. When he says, you are the light, the assumption is we connect to him as light and that's what's operational through us so this is a huge uh transition taking place right now and i just want to tell you there's so much false reporting prophetic perspective on it as well and and um i want to speak into that too yeah and so just be careful anything that uh, that gives you uh fear and confusion as you hear it that's a sign for you internally discern it as something that's not uh that's not a credible voice uh, to listen to it's a time to really focus in on who he is and really we are in need i will tell you observing and interacting with government people at the tops of the mountains in multiple nations we have to have this exodus 14 moment where he rescues us where we obey where we voluntarily um leave enslavement where we head begin to head for okay cities and nations he says i'm going to give you i want to bring you into cities and nations and i want to help you as never before and and i want you know i won't go into all that but he wants to he, he wants us to agree with that narrative and be prepared and our, our strong assignment for the next uh well just a week more until passover is obey him Apply the blood. That was the big thing to do before. Apply the blood. And there's a whole Passover thing. I believe we're going to experience a Passover. It's not just the, the virus is part of it. It's the people using uh, the virus. It's dark forces. It's demonic. We're going to find out who all the dark forces are in the midst of it. And there's going to be the instruments of deliverance that the Lord is using at, at, this, at this time. And that will become more evident and obvious as well. But just wanted to share um, you know that. just just uh, picking up with some of those main points that you were just making um, first thought is there is an enemy and what is his goal his goal is what it's always been it's been that we would misinterpret the heart of our father because if the end of everything is supposed to be Habakkuk 2 14 the knowledge of the glory of God covering the earth 
we all as humans water God down to our circumstances. We, we, without, without help from the Holy Spirit, we experience life and the things that we go through, even on a subconscious level as God's heart towards us. And so, um, you know, it's, it's the same old thing. And it's, like you said, there's this wrong theology that we embraced um, as believers that we're coming out of, many are coming out of. And so we're awakening to the fact that, wow, no, there's, there, there is a way that we can partner with making God known beyond circumstances in the earth. And we can also partner with God to shift and change circumstances in every, other, every area of culture so that what people experience in their circumstances actually speaks to their hearts that there is a God. He does care. He does have solutions. And, but what does that look like for us right now? Like this week, how do we occupy? If, if it's occupy until he comes and the restoration of all things, it's, it can look like something today and this week. And I was just remembering our assignment, even related to Passover, where back in the Old Testament, the Passover was for your own household and family. And I believe that the new covenant is always only better than the old covenant. So obviously that still remains for our households and our family and our own doorposts of our own hearts. But we also have been given, uh, we've been commissioned by Jesus to, to represent, like you said, people that can't represent themselves. They don't have a relationship with God and they don't know that, that there is even the option to be reconciled back to him, to have that, the blood of Jesus covering us. So I just feel like there's a collective yes in the spirit this week of, um, yes to what he did for us and his true heart which is healer like this wherever this virus came from it did not come from god and it's not god's heart that any would die or suffer or perish physically or economically from this and so to the degree that we're clear individually and collectively on the character and nature of god related to this virus to that degree we we get to represent his heart right now and stand up and we we so want to like do the public laying on of hands and all of that well what if god just wants to be nice what if he just wants to be kind and let people connect the dots what if in our homes and in our private you know cries before the lord we become what second corinthians five nineteen says that we are It says that Jesus reconciled us to the Father, and then he turned around and gave us the same assignment of the ministry of reconciliation. And so we get to say no to the virus. When I hear President Trump and I look at his face in the more recent days of like, it looks like something has settled in on him, and maybe I'm reading him wrong, but is not the same that he looked a few days ago when he said, yeah, I think by Easter, you know, he just, he was defending how hopeful he was. And then something shifted. I don't know if he got a hold of statistics or who knows what, but he publicly said yesterday that it could be as much as 100 or 200,000 lives lost. And we say, no, we say, no, not, not in our country, not from this virus, 
Um, and I believe that, you know, I'm seeing these pictures of different people in hospitals praying and surrounding hospitals praying. Well, we can rise up from right where we are and we can join our hearts with the intercessor of all intercessors who sits next to the Father. And we can say, that's not your heart, God. We know you well enough to know that's not your heart. And we agree with your heart, which is to give life and to um, shut down the lies of the enemy and to not agree with the lies of the enemy. So I just want to just pray for a second into that. Yeah. Um, God, we, we say no. We say no to the power of death because Jesus already said it yeah. and demonstrated it. And we align our hearts and our faith with that um, over our nation and over the nations of the earth that are affected by this virus right now and by the economic situations. Um, we say no to fear. And God, we ask for your blood to cover every home in this nation, every heart in this nation. We ask that, that the virus would find no place to land. We ask that um, the power that is in your blood would cover over any, any uh, reason that the enemy would have to say that he has power in this moment over us with this virus. And we thank you, Jesus, that what you did and the heart of the Father that you displayed for us proves that we don't have to receive this. And we're not foolish, and we know that um, apart from you, we have no hope. We have to rely on all of the things that we're doing. But God, we refuse to just simply rely on the best wisdom that man has. We lean into you and what you did on the cross. We lean into you and what you did when you stood up from the grave and you walked out. And we say, you have power over this virus and your redemption will cause it to be um, to accomplish even more than we can imagine uh, in terms of healing power that's available um, in, in the right kinds of medicine and, and, and doctors learning to partner with you in faith as they extend themselves in these uh, hospitals and these, these settings. We ask that you would provide angels that would go in and work with these doctors, that would go in and work with the first responders, angels that would go to every person right now. You alone know who really has this virus right now. And we release you through the power of Jesus. We release angelic hosts into the places where this virus currently exists and we apply the blood of Jesus to it by faith right now in the spirit. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. amen. Well, amen. Stay strong in faith. And we will be here again, same time tomorrow. Looking forward to April 2nd and what God is saying on April 2nd. Amen. Amen.